Hello and welcome to Apropos, a conversation between Clojure programmers that you can join in live on YouTube. We're going to discuss a few Clojure news items and share our opinions on them. Then we'll jump into a REPL and code some exercises or do some demos. If you're joining us live, feel free to comment in the chat and we'll try to address the questions. So today we have a full panel. We've got Ray. Hey. Mia. Hi. Mike. Hola. And I am Eric. Hello. Como estas? Are you celebrating the victory of the uh, Puerto Rican in New York this, this day? Por supuesto. Yep. All right, so let's get started on our topics, huh? Looks like we got um, kind of a quick one, I think, but Closure Conj, the dates have been announced. Mm. So that's exciting. And the location as well? Yep. And the location, yeah. yes. In Durham, North Carolina, right? Yes, the <laughs> home of Cognitect. That's where I went to high school. It's a nice town. Really? That's where I went to college. Huh. Oh, Duke? Or oh, yeah. Wow. Awesome. I went to NCSSM. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, my sister's friend just uh, just started there. That's awesome. Yep. Wow. It's a nice little town in the middle of America. I guess it's not so small anymore because that whole area is big now. But, yeah. I was surprised. Yeah. I was surprised when I found out that Cognitech was there, but it's such a nice place to be, and you've got everything you want except public transit. A lot of driving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we almost moved to that area. Um, my wife was in medical school and she was going to match. And, you know, I was looking forward to it because it seems like a really cool place to be. Research triangles near there too. The research triangle, yeah. the, 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 the different areas, the Chapel Hill, Raleigh, Durham. So are you thinking of going? I'm mm. going to try to go. If I, if I can get, if I can speak, um, I'm kind of not able to pay my way right now. Yeah, I'm going to try and go as well for the first time because uh, now I'm doing closure full time. So I figured it would be quite nice to go to the Mecca. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then the it's in their it town. Yeah. <laughs> so they're yeah. probably going to be out in full force, right? That's what I imagine. I would have thought so, yeah. The Cognitects. If we're going to be allowed in, that is, after last week. <laughs> so one thing that, like, you know, is kind of rumor and, like, putting stuff together, but when they, when they um, didn't have Closure West this year, they said that they were trying to focus on making Closure Conj bigger and better. Hmm. So, um, you know, they haven't said that in this announcement that it's like bigger and better, uh, but that was, that's what they said <laughs> when they, when they didn't have a closure, uh, closure West. How many uh, people so go to the conch then, Eric? They, um, so they say that they have capacity for 500 people, but that they have never sold out. Hmm. That is you know, again, it's just it's like putting together little pieces of information that they've announced. And when they announced um, 
the sponsorships, they said, uh, get in front of over 450 mm. programmers. So um, I'm, I'm sure that's what they're expecting, somewhere around 450. Because Euroclosure is bigger than that. Really? How big is Euroclosure? Yeah, it's about 500 people. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I um I wonder though cuz they're they're saying they're not going to do Euro closure too. So Yeah, yeah. But like I said before, there there are quite a lot of closure conferences in yeah. Europe and that that you know. So it it, it would be it's a shame. I like Euro closure because it's a big nice conference, but there are plenty of conferences to go to and plenty of content. Mhm. So what would a bigger and better closure conch look like? Maybe more of a hallway track? Like what do you mean by that? I I don't I, I'm I don't know. Like I was um I I can only imagine like closure conch traditionally was a single track and closure west was like the more eclectic multi track one, like two tracks. And so you would get a wider variety of, of topics, but in the closure conch, they were kind of setting the tone for the rest of the year. And slowly the conch has grown to have either a second track or like half of a second track. So like half the time there are more talks. And so there were, there were, they had three tracks last year, didn't they? Am I imagining that? I swear there were three different. No, I think, no, there weren't. And, 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 uh, you know, several of the talks only had one track. So like those time slots only had one track and then some of them, you, they would break out into another room. Mm. Uh, but it was only, it was only two at most, but I'm assuming that that means that they'll do two full tracks this time. Um, yeah. Last year was a lot of fun. There were so many fantastic talks. Mm -hmm. And they always have great invited speakers too. People that really expand your idea of programming and, and what, what's possible. Last year they had um, Guy Steele. And uh, I'm sure that they just say, speak about whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be... Yeah you know, lisp related or whatever. Um, and he, he gave a really interesting talk. It wasn't, um, it wasn't like even lisp related really. It was, um, about notation in computer science papers and how it evolved and how, over time. Yeah. how it's evolved over time and like what hidden assumptions are there and how interesting it is that even in like super statically typed papers, like about type systems, it is an unspecified language that they're using. It's a totally yeah. un yeah. yeah, informal, untyped language. Um, so that's, yeah, that's really not standardized. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and he's big into standards and everything, mm. you know, he wrote a lot of the interesting standards that we're, we're familiar with. But then of course he's just there. I think that's the other cool part is that you get to meet him and talk to him, maybe square dance with him. <laughs> Wait, there was square dancing and I missed it. I, I didn't go to any square dancing, but he is a square dancer. <gasps> so that was inside joke <laughs> so are y'all yeah. going are y'all planning on going 
It's within cool. driving distance for me. Yeah. yeah, I might be, so that way I can see my family as well. Mm. Um, but I'm going the strange loop, and I think that's going to take my uh, convention allowance from the company for this year. So. Yeah. Well, it would be great if we could do an apropos from the conch. That would be nice. Whoa. That would maybe be. Maybe we should do one anyway. And, you know, if, if one of us gets there, then it counts. You, know? you can all eat lunch with me. Yeah. Hmm. That's true. We theme. can all eat. Oh my goodness, that would be perfect. We'll all <laughs> yeah. be on the same time zone. We'll yeah. all bring our mics and we'll eat on yeah. mic. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I asked if you could hear me chew before we started. And you said <laughs> no, so I'm going by it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is video, so we know what's going on. No, um, Durham's great. I'd love to go back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got some comment on the uh, on the YouTube there saying. We should do a. We should offer to do a live panel at the con. That's a good idea, actually. Oh, if we, yeah. If we all get there, you know. We should, uh, so instead of having a panel. chat room, yeah, yeah, everyone's actually there shouting out questions. Oh, yeah. But then um, everyone will know Hag how short I am. <laughs> <laughs> we can get you a stand, okay? We'll get you a step. <laughs> um, Haggis forty two says uh, that. The conj is hands down the best conference he's ever attended. Mm. So that's pretty cool. That's cool. I definitely enjoy closure conferences. That's for sure. I really like the people. And mm. it just attracts my kind of people. I'm really excited to see whatever amazing thing Karen is doing with AI that she can show us because whatever it is, it's going to be incredible. And there's mm. got to be an update. Closure robots flying mm -hmm. around. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, with open REPL ports, that would be awesome. Mm. All right. Well, let's move on to the next topic, which is datomic ions. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. Big announcement. I don't even remember when the announcement happened, but we didn't talk about it on the last show. No. Um, are y'all are y'all excited about datomic ions? I don't understand them. I don't know. Yeah, I really. Yeah, can someone explain <laughs> them to me, please? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so basically I, stored procedures in the lambdas. Basically, it's the bottom line. Hmm. I mean, you know. Well, they well, run actually, in the that's JVM. Quite, that's, that's kind of not true. Mm -hmm. The idea right. is that the lambdas cause the invocation of the stored procedures. So your code, just like like in Datomic, you know, in, in the stored procedures, the functions in Datomic now, they go into the Datomic server. So that's what will happen with the ions as well. Mm -hmm. It will still run in the Datomic server on the cloud, but the lambdas will be the trigger for it. And inter the interesting thing to yeah. me is that it means that you can, you can trigger functions in your database from non-client facing things. So if something happens in the real world that triggers a, a Lambda, like like a notification on an SNS event or a S3 bucket or some custom event that you want to create, you can then trigger a function that that, that operates some persistent thing in your database. So that's, that, I think that's quite an interesting aspect. That'd be great for monitoring ClojureScript applications, and in particular, if anyone's trying to do native stuff with ClojureScript. 
Yeah, I wonder how much you could actually do. Like, so, like, the whole idea is like you can run your application in the infrastructure that they've built in AWS for, um, you know, scaling your application, having um, an API uh, gateway into your application. Uh, I'm sure you could even just serve up HTML right from inside your Datomic. Um, but, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I, I, I don't use Datomic. I guess I feel like I, I wasn't ever going to use Datomic if I had to run it myself and pay for a, a hefty license fee. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the fact that it's like billed monthly to me is a little bit more accessible and managed for me, meaning I don't have to do all the ops. Mm. Um, that, that, that makes it more attractive and I would, I would certainly give it a try. Um, Arrestus Marco says, I've understood IONS as Heroku for closure running on AWS. That's really interesting. That, um, it's not though. Yeah. What is that? How, what? No, Heroku is a PaaS platform as a service. So it's completely different. So I think the, I mean, the, the reason, what it is basically is what I said. It's the functions that you have now. Um, but you can't do that. You can't run functions in Datomic in a, in a standard kind of way when it's on the cloud because it's it's split across multiple servers and stuff like that. So they have to have a special mechanism for doing it. And that's what IOMs deliver. Is they deliver a model where you can actually ship your closure code into Datomic so you can operate your functions either via a query or via some other mechanism. But it does, have, it does have similar... Um, uh, a, a similar like sales message to Heroku, which is like you don't have to manage your you don't have to manage your cloud, your servers. Just click some buttons in the AWS console and um, inject your closure code into Datomic, and you can have a uh, a, a web server, a web app up in the cloud. Um, so I think that there's 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 something to that idea that it is like Heroku for closure. It's a different, yeah. totally different model, but um, very similar, uh, you know, application for it. Yeah. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I don't think we're even splitting hairs to say that it's that's totally off. But okay, it's not. Well, it's I not splitting hairs if you very, say very I'm totally well. off. You're just disagreeing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know Heroku really well, and it's really nothing like it. I mean, you, I mean, maybe well, just from a marketing perspective, you could argue that not from a marketing perspective, from a from a like use case perspective. If I'm a solo developer and mm-hmm. I want to to have a a web app running, mm-hmm. and I don't want to spend a lot of time on ops, I mm-hmm. could choose Heroku. And similarly, if I if I'm a solo developer and I don't want to spend a lot of time on ops, but I want to use a closure stack with Datomic, hmm. um, you know, I could use Datomic Cloud with Ions. But that's Datomic Cloud. That is not. I mean, you know, the difference between Datomic Cloud and Datomic Cloud with Ions is this small, this one thing, which is to do with shipping your code there. Yeah, shipping your code, functions. having your application run in the JVM of of Datomic, and then connecting it uh, 
you know, instead of with whatever Heroku uses to do load balancing and everything, you're using whatever AWS gives you. Well, it's the lambdas that connect you. It's not, it's not, a, they don't have a router like Heroku do. No, it's no, they're using AWS's router. Well, they're using they, AWS's uh, API not, gateway. No, only, yes, they are. The, only for triggering the lambdas, which then trigger the ions. Right. But it's, I mean, whatever mechanism happens, it's like the, I get to put my application in the cloud, have it auto scale and, and not, not deal with those things. Um, at least up front when your application is small and you're, you know, just trying to get off the ground. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm going to read Orestes' comment. He's clarifying. He says, Stu's talk was all about deploying your closure code in the same cluster as Datomic runs, essentially reintroducing the peer model back to Datomic Cloud, where the peer model means your Datomic data is in memory. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah. 42 sums it up as, pushing code without a local build process such that it ends up poking out of a web endpoint. <laughs> yeah. Which is <laughs> funny. <laughs> I like that way of putting it, whatever that means. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I get it, but I'm charmed by no, it. It's yeah. bullshit. <laughs> I mean, so the way Rich Hickey explained it, I think it was Rich. I also watched Stu's talk, so I'm getting them confused probably. He was saying that they developed all this infrastructure uh, and figured out what AW services you would need to auto-scale uh, datomic and have multiple clusters, you know, one for development, one for production. And um, now they're giving that to you to run your code in the same JVM. And it just happens that now you can share memory space with the database, which means it'll be even faster. Yeah, but it's not, I mean, you can't run a web app there. I mean, if, if you Yes, think you can. That. That's what they're, that's what they're claiming. Why can't you run a web app there? Because hmm. you use AWS's API okay, gateway. I, I, okay, I, I, yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong there. Okay, so and then the API gateway if, connects if you, to their Lambda, and then the Lambda connects to to the Datomic. Yeah, it's it seems like a weird concept of running a web server. Uh, on a database. In your database. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> you know, you know who used to do that is CouchDB. I don't know if they still do. Remember CouchDB? Uh, okay. Well, you know, we uh, we talk about. My mind is blown. Then, okay. <laughs> we talk about Closure's Killer app all the time, right? That's everyone talks about Closure's Killer app, and I don't think that when we talk about it, we usually include Datomic. But if you could potentially. It, it sounds like you can run your own stuff out of a Datomic database. Is that what I'm getting out of this? Mm -hmm. um, that's really interesting. I think that's that's new. That's kind of exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. I I um I I, I want to give it a try. Um, I'm not sure if it's a killer app. Like I don't know if people really need the stuff Datomic is giving them, and if it's going to enable a new a new thing that would kill, you know, that would be killer. Uh, that's my skepticism behind it. I, mean, I like the fact that it's a functional database. I think, I think that, you know, that alone is, is worth the, uh, 
is what you know is potentially the killer nature of the of the of the environment. Let's say the fact that you know your persistent data structures are actually durable now. Yeah, Daytona by itself is. Uh, I mean, I think there's like there. I don't know how many how many specific use cases there are for it, but it sounds like the ions could expand those or make it more appealing mm -hmm. for use cases it wasn't necessarily before. Mm. So you wouldn't have to run another REST endpoint or something like that. You could just chuck it all into that one thing. That'd be nice. Mm. Vegas says, I get pushed a function and now it's behind the URL. Let's put JavaScript apps inside the database because reasons. You know, it could be fun. Who knows? Yeah. Well, actually, it's only Java, yeah. I think. But but the, uh, yeah, I mean, isn't the putting JavaScript in the database, isn't that Mongo? That's, that's exactly what MongoDB do and CouchDB, mm -hmm. these pipelines. Well, MongoDB is notoriously difficult to use and scale, so. As in, like, it drops data? Does it mm -hmm. still do that? Or did they fix that? I know. They, they, right. they, they, Mongo, they have their own cloud version of MongoDB as well now. So it's apparently very, very scalable. Yeah. Web scale. Web scale. <laughs> as in, we drop 30% of stuff on the floor, but. Yeah, we, uh, but. Yeah. <laughs> but we're like still the, getting the, that other 70%, right? I don't trust. The, the UDP version of databases, yeah. It's <laughs> just called load sharing. All right, that's yeah. the... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, your data is very safe with us because we'll probably lose it. Yeah. I can't be bothered to save that data. You, but you won't even policy. remember because it's so much data, you don't. You can't even check. So why does it matter? Yeah, it, our it's privacy like it never existed. MongoDB. <laughs> <laughs> That's a GDPR solution right there. Yeah. We don't oh, need to God. forget it. Mongo will do it for us. Forgetting is a service. <laughs> All right, enough, enough uh, <laughs> with the, the the pounding on the people who aren't here and their and their product. All right, let's go. Let's move on to Depths.Eden adoption. Yeah. Um, I use it all the time now. I like it. Do you? I very much do. Yeah. I think it's simpler. A quick poll to the audience. Yeah. Who's using it? If you're in the chat, in let the us chat. know. Yeah. Um, I don't use it, but everything I use like is like right now a lot of the programs I run and I, I'm right are in the same line repo that I created like three years ago and I just keep yeah. adding to it. <laughs> so like I have no yeah. reason to to like make the jump, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, I'll give you an example of the motivation, yeah, um, because because I I think it's it's totally rocking uh, as well. Um, is that this whole uh, to me this whole like SHA thing, this Git SHA thing that you can do with Depths.Eden is a killer feature. It's a truly killer feature mm. because. I mean, for it's instance, we, we we have this we have this uh, like we have we have code in five different repositories, but you know, looking at like a CLI, a mobile app, and um, a blockchain stuff. So and it's all in ClojureScript, but but actually there's a lot of common code. So 
But so in, ideally, what you or, or in the past, what you would do is you put it in Maven in a, a repo, then you would publish it to Clojures or Maven Central. There's a lot of overhead for that, to be honest. There's a lot of it's a, it's a pain in the neck, and especially when you just want like like one small namespace or like twenty functions or thirty functions. So you know you, you want to share it because there's a drift across those repos, even with a small number of developers and a small number of repos. You get drift, you get functions changing. You want to, you know, you refactor it in one repo, forget the other one. So it's very annoying to have to go through that whole like bundling process, put it on the closures, then depend on it, and then have to version up everything. You know, if you do it through these shards, holy shit, the workflow is so much nicer. I've got to tell you, it's a, it's absolute killer. Now, does it? So when you do that, that like throws up all sorts of red flags with me, where you have like these like let's say two independent pieces of software that happen to have for instance a lot of the same logging code that's copy pasted between them that would right? be yeah, that that would be the situation without a shared thing yeah right so you don't have a shared thing but they're independent like yeah, you yeah, could totally change yeah. the logging in one and it wouldn't affect the other one at all that's true um and and so now what you're saying is centralize that and now they're kind of locked together and it would no. be it's hard to but but i mean in theory if you if you have only you know one shared library that is a source of well that's know, the shared, point you can have like 10 shared libraries you, right you can, no i know as small as you want you know what i'm saying is like depths that eden solves that because now every branch every yeah. commit is its own library uh, yes, 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 yes. Could theoretically be, yeah. Yeah, one, so it's one, very You don't easy. have to do this whole release and yeah, versioning. Yeah, exactly. And everyone, everyone on the on the dependency side, everyone depending on that other thing, can just adopt it when they want, and it's super right. easy to change. You don't, no one has to publish it, and yeah, it's, right. Just it's just superb. A related use say. case is if you if you're using some library out there in a conventional mechanism, like from you know Maven, whatever. But you find a defect in that library, and the author or someone fixes it and commits that to, to GitHub. But you need that fix just because for development, you're not ready to release your stuff yet anyway, or or whatever. Yeah, you can just point your stuff at that SHA and and use that that commit fix, you know, right there. Um, that's that's kind of enabling. You don't have to wait for an actual release. That that happened to me recently with uh, like line line fig wheel. Bruce fixed something within a day, you know, it was like fixed it, but he wasn't ready to make a release with that fix in it. Right. And I just quickly pointed at that, you know, Shah that had that fix and voila, you know, oh, I'm up and work nice. running again. That's really nice. Right. And, and you can opt I mean, in to do that. sounds awesome. You know, you know, yeah. yeah. So is and, there... And your, your, so, uh, your line thing, Eric, um, the, 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 the problem, the downside, I think, uh, I mm -hmm. thought, we, and we did have this problem, um, was that some editors and you know cursive is the editor I use, but they don't understand depths.eden. So they understand line, but they don't understand depths.eden. So it turns out there is a there is a a plugin, a Linegan plugin called um, uh, Line Tools Depths or something, um, yeah, and right. that 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 solves the problem so that you can still have like a project CLJ. You can use line depths for your dependencies, but your but if you if you can still use Linegan for building things, packaging things, for installing things, mm. so it's just it's just really nice bridge between the two worlds, you know. Then you can have your cake right. and eat it too. You can yeah, use Linegan, right? Is, you know, I mean, 
and have get I was about to ask about that. Like, mm-hmm. what are people using for all the other stuff that Linegan does? Yeah, just like, keep it. are you go? Are yeah. you back to like make files? Because I really no, no, like just keep make. It. It's fine. It's like, keep it. Just keep it. It's okay. all good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Don't need. I mean, that's the, you know that would that I think that was a barrier to adoption. And this line depth Eden thing or line tool step. Sorry, um, it's probably fair to say that it's fairly recently became usable. What would you say? Okay. Man? Yeah, within the past two months or so, it became usable. Yeah. Also, uh, to, go ahead. I was going to say, do either one of you have a blog post that you'd recommend or have a blog post written up about this? Nope. Should do. <laughs> Watch the previous episode. <laughs> so we talked about this. Well, yeah, but in post. We, you you got to post. No, oh, yeah, right. We, well, that's what I'm saying. We talked about how we don't blog enough. Then people in the closure community aren't aren't loud enough. I tell you, there, the cool there is stuff. actually a good. There is a good blog post about it because you know. So you know, leaving the uh, the kind of general snarking aside. Um, I think what there's a there's a guy from um, what's he called uh, Tommy Reich or something. He's from um, Matosin in uh, Norway or the Nordics anyway. Uh, maybe it's Finland, but anyway, Matosin they have a blog post and it's all about um, like tools depths and stuff like this and depths.eden and how you make it work with Line again. So I'll I'll have a look and maybe I'll put a link in the um, in the YouTube channel. Another thing to, to go on uh, Eric's comment, if you normally you'd use line, maybe if you're doing closure script, you would use like CLJS build, right? To, to build your closure script. And if you didn't have that, you would a- ask yourself, how do I build my closure script project? And that itself has now become easier because you can just use CLJS main with a minus C to compile something for you, you know? So they, they kind of have a synergy. They go together, you know, and it makes it so that you can actually get away with just using depths Eden with CLJS main for closure script projects. With a few aliases, you know, and you can get by. It's much simpler. So you start to ask yourself, what does Lion really do that you need it for? Um, one thing would be if you're d- deploying a jar <laughs> to close jars, you know. But if you get out of that world, you don't need to do that anymore. You just use SHAs. Just take the leap and do it. I think you'll like it. Yeah. I never I never um, really got, well, I'll take that back. I had Lion again working deploying to to close jars and then it stopped working i think when i moved to the mac and like it was just like um gpg agent or something just was broken and i i just i just couldn't get it working anymore i had to do it some other way um that's one of those so, things that either works or it doesn't right and if it doesn't yes then, exactly man <laughs> and and you know you're on forums and stuff trying to figure out how it works and then you realize I'm going to find another way. <laughs> I'm just going to copy paste this code into my repo. Uh. But that's the main thing I still use line for is deploying. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's, we've been too long on this topic. Move on. No, I, I honestly, by the way, I, I just a small, I mean, I, you say too long on this topic, but we spent way too long on the conch. I mean, just to, before we go, <laughs> before we go, from this one, I you know, we talk about closure having like um, killer apps and stuff like this. This one is a killer app to me. I mean, you know, but what's it going to really kill? Nice, what's it going to kill? It's going to kill your need to do all this shit workflow to put these stupid libraries out there, and it's going to make it's going to make your workflow much nicer because you can have you can have dependencies which are much more fluid. Like, is it going to kill Rake? 
Like, I don't understand. I what always you, thought what? of killer as being like, oh, yeah, that's killer. Yeah, no, it's Don't like, think of it killing killer. something else. It, it's, it's really right. good, you know. Yeah, it's, it's going like to make you really good. Better. Okay, really good. Yeah, it's a reason to come to closure because this is this kind of fluid yeah. environment. Yeah. Well, the other thing I wanted to just to, to highlight, because it's something I only discovered last week, because this is still, we're still learning about what the implications of this stuff are. Is that you can in on the command line, the CLI command line for closure, which again no one uses, but we'll get there. You know, you can actually you can express a dependency like in a depths or even kind of like way, and then you can invoke something, yeah, directly on the same command line from the jar that you're invoking. Oh wow! So this is really amazing, you know. You can, so the example I gave in the in the Trello thing was like this uh, test runner. So you can depend on a test runner and run the tests in your project without changing your project or your devs.eden file. Right. So it's very much like this ad-lib thing that we talked about before, where you can add libraries to the REPL on the go. The CLI has the same facility where you can just add dependencies at the CLI. And this, this to me, this whole notion of being able to do these kind of things all on the fly, all fluid, it's a really nice, and it, it's something which other tooling chain, other tool chains, other languages, you know, don't have so nicely. Well, and beefing mm -hmm. up the CLI would help bring people in from other languages that have more of a CLI-based workflow right. and a REPL-based workflow. Right. Like that's huge. It's true. It's much faster to start than lining in. That's another, nice. another win, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if if it wasn't very quick to start, then maybe you'd be put off with it and stuff like that. You know. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I was just trying to, <laughs> I try to get a bit excited about this stuff because I think it's really going to help us. I think it's going to change the workflow. You know, in a year or two's time, when we look back at what this 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 change in the technology infrastructure has brought us, our workflow will be completely different. You know? Yeah, we'll, we'll be That's using awesome. crawl at the time too. So. Ah, <laughs> okay, that's a conversation killer. That's a, that's a killer for conversation. Well, I'm gonna have one. to check it out now. The CLJ, I have it on my machine, but I like, I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, we've been uh, talking about migrating to it, and we just don't. It's it's hard to really figure out where to get started when you're doing a bunch of other things. Um, yeah, and honestly, it hasn't been easy. I mean, you know. We've we've been looking at it for a few months, and it hasn't been an easy couple of months, to be totally honest. I think it's getting there now, though. You know, I think from now on, with the line depths to lines tools depths things, mm -hmm. and these these nice things in the CLI that I've talked about, I think there are some real advantages to going that way, especially in your case, Mia, where you have, you know, where you have a lot of people working potentially a lot across a lot of different like the mono repo. Maybe it's a, Maybe it's a mono repo killer. Maybe yeah. you can kill we're, that. We're, you know? That's actually right. that's been our big yeah. That's our big thing right now because we're using line modules and it doesn't quite do what we want it to do. Uh, so we really want to be using Aiden to do this. Yeah. And uh, we just there's it's the the getting started literature isn't really there, and because we're on a strict timeline, we don't have a lot of time to iterate right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it possible mm -hmm. that people are going to be like? deploying apps like totally out of like 25 different git repos github mm -hmm. repos like wouldn't that be interesting like oh we don't even make a jar we just like depend on each other's shahs and that's like exactly one of them's the do, main yeah. app that's exactly what will happen yeah the, the, 400 wow, git cool. repos 
That's like the future. Yeah, yeah be, that looks. It, oh, geez. If you if you look at the ma- the Maven like downloading shit, I mean, it's going to be like that, but for Git, it's just going to be like a thousand Git repos that your your stuff comes from. Wow. And and you can do that in Clojure, right? Because it's you don't have to pre-compile. You can depend yeah. on the source directly. Right, and those libraries you're depending on are depending on other yeah, shahs, yeah, yeah, which yeah. are depending on. Oh, other by the way, that's yeah. the other thing. NPM depths as well now they're also transitive. Okay. So you have a little bit of code in your, in your, um, you know, your little bit of code that depends on some NPM thing. Left, left pad, pad or let's say. Yeah, let's hope not. But, <laughs> pad, yeah. yeah, but but you, I depend on your code, and then your code will bring in that that NPM dependency. That was a recent fix, wasn't it, Mike? I saw you talking about that on the the Closure Script compiler. Yeah, I think that's basically. Uh, it, it, so Closure Script has always had this. Uh, what is it? Depths.cljs. I think if you put that in your library, um, it can. It. I think it's always been able to express foreign libs uh, in there, like as upstream libs that that thing depends on. But I think a recent thing is the ability to also specify NPM depths in that same file. So that that effectively lets you do what Ray said. You could depend on a library that itself uh, depends on some NPM depths. And it's kind of mind So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Talking points over. Killer. <laughs> killer. I think that's got to be like our catchphrase. Like, killer? That's killer. <laughs> killer. Yeah. We got another killer topic. <laughs> uh, shall we uh, skip this topic and go straight to the REPL? Because yeah, we're, we're out of time. kind of, yeah, we're over. I agree. Yes. Okay, let's do it. Um, so... Are we still doing the podcast? I'm confused. Should I read the thing? Mm. Oh, well, we're going to have a poll, right? We're going to have a poll. Okay. So, let's so it's not over gonna, yet. Yeah, okay. so we're going to do it for this one. And then uh, we're trying to decide, hello, listeners, we're trying to decide if we should keep it going with the podcast, like keep publishing the podcast separately, or just have the videos from now on. Right, because so. the podcast is work to edit and and host and publish and everything, and mm. we have so many followers on YouTube. We're just wondering, and and so and so few downloads on the podcast. We're wondering if it's even worth it. So, we'll, we'll have a poll, Twitter poll, democracy at work. It'll be okay. So I'm gonna read the thing. Yeah, <laughs> democracy <laughs> killer. Okay. All right. Twitter polls are how you solve it. Podcast killer. Yeah. <laughs> killer, killer poll. Right. Twitter's killer feature. Polls. I'm so glad All you right. learned a new word. <laughs> you got to use it like a hundred times, and then it becomes a habit. All right. So we're about to switch over to the REPL. If you're listening on the audio version, you can watch the REPL coding on YouTube and we'll end the audio version here. Twitter polls to settle every argument I have with my fiance.